0: Listening to the Zenial Dadcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. This is Mo, and on today's episode, we're gonna sit down and have a chat with Grace. She's my cousin, mother of two. Uh, we, we've spoken before on the show with her a few episodes back, and it's been a while, so we're gonna catch up today. Uh, the band to dig out is an old Boston band, one of my old bands, Cure for Static. I was with them for the first two EPs, uh, and hang tight. I hope you enjoy it. I'm like, I'm There's
1: terrible one. with technology now. Awful.
0: I wonder when that's going to start to happen for me, because okay. I work with technology, like, day in, day out. I'm, I'm in apps. I'm looking at settings. I'm looking at API documentation I'm, all the time. So I don't think, I, I mean... It really shouldn't to me, right? I should be able to just figure stuff out pretty quickly. But I wonder when, it, when is it going to happen that my son just is able to figure something out faster? You know, he, he already gets to that point where he discovers these games and he now knows where the uh, Google work, the marketplace app is. So if he sees it on uh, on like YouTube or something, right? He, he will copy how it's spelled and he'll look for it in mm-hmm. the Google app marketplace. And then he'll come in and show me, and he'll say, "Quiero jugar esto. <laughs> I want to play this," and yeah. and like I gotta make that. No, so, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of work, so I gotta make that split second decision: do I just buy it for him so you go away for a minute, or or do I just? That I is like out?
1: the struggle. <laughs> um, it's funny you say that because I feel like I find myself drifting further away um, from technology in the sense of like you know, not doing more with it, just kind of Mm -hmm. sticking to like the basics. So, you know, social, social media platforms and like the emails and like, but not doing any more in depth on that. Like, and I do notice like they have definitely more advanced posting wise and playing around with like all the, all the options, like they just are faster at it. And whenever they struggle, it's like so stressful on my end because they no longer have the patience to work to wait for me to actually like, OK, wait, what was it that you were doing? Like wrap my head around it and then mm-hmm. problem solve. So today we were like setting up because I finally caved and I I bought Sammy a tablet because he's always using other people's devices. And it's always like an issue. Mm-hmm. And I had a gift card for Amazon. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I mm-hmm. bought him a refurbished one because I'm like, I just don't know that he's going to be good with it but just getting it set up was like an ordeal because then it's like linking all these accounts and like he likes gaming and I'm like oh my gosh I'm like what is the point? like I was like and I by that point had lost my patience so I was like what is the (laughs) point like you're fine like you get a new device like move on right and he's like no I have all my characters and I have all this like because there's like little like Mm -hmm. that's their social kind of platform that's how they socialize now and so they buy things on these platforms and these games have like their accessories and so it is really meaningful to them when you like shift to like even switching to another device even if it's an upgrade it doesn't feel like an upgrade when you're losing something yeah in in that and it's like me I'm struggling with understanding that perspective from them but I'm also struggling in like all the options that you have like you know, like logging in and setting up a G like an email account for them. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I feel like it's hard enough to remember all my logins and all my passwords and all of these things. But now I have to keep track of theirs because if, if, because they haven't developed that ability yet and they Mm -hmm. struggle. And so then it's like a meltdown and like a huge thing. And I'm like, where's this password? So, it's definitely
0: a struggle i'm like when did it become so hard like i said i I work with technology and one of the big projects at at work is developing we're early stages but we're developing a platform a big part of that conversation is how do you design something that's user intuitive so that there's as little guessing that has to be done and a lot of the companies that design these games for kids of different age levels and whatnot They've really, like, that's a lot, a a big part of the UI design is how do we make this as easy for a kid to learn while at the same time making it challenging, you know, making it uh, a complex game because these are complex programs. And so kids sort of get trained from the moment they start playing games. Like even you remember when we were kids and maybe we were playing Nintendo or Sega, right? How do we learn the rules and the combinations of those things? We didn't sit there and read a manual. We just sort of dove in because we were, so invested in in getting it done and like look at the original mario brothers I, i've never seen a manual for the for the mario brothers game you know you just start playing you start jumping you figure out what the buttons do and, it, and it's really a testament to how intuitive some of these games get designed but i think as we get older we become less flexible to those things we become less like, malleable and so it becomes harder for us to. So I, I get, like, I get this pushback from my bosses all the time, who are, you know, older, older than myself, and they just get, they get so annoyed by, like, little the extra clicks, you know, when you have to do more clicks to do something that you perceive as something intuitive mm-hmm. should be easy, should be, you know, automatic, but you got to click from yeah. this and open that and move it over here, and there's this little limit. It's a constant struggle, and even now with, you know, cybersecurity being such an issue in the passwords, everything has to be 2FA, double authentication.
1: I have like, you know, everything is like web-based now and you can like, you know, access everything. And it is a lot more user-friendly for like working professionals who can't go online like during the daytime or can't call customer service. So you have access to all this information, which is wonderful, Mm -hmm. but it does come at an expense which is like, you have a thousand passwords and like logins and some of them, security, with related to security purposes, like you have to re, um, create, recreate, and like reset your password every so often. And yep. so I have like a long list of like my personal ones, and then I have a long list of like the work related ones. And I literally found this software, this like online platform. It was called um,
0: something Dashlane like or. Uh...
1: It was like a bear and it was the cutest thing. It had like a little bear is free and you create this user, this account. And it's like encrypted, embedded. And like yep. you literally have like all of your passwords saved on it.
0: Yeah. password and they, give
1: you like a, yep. they give you like this master key, right. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that they say like, do not, you got to write this down because if you lose it, it's so encrypted that they don't even have access to open it up on their end. Like you have to use this (laughs) kind of like password. I read all that and I'm like, great, because like I was putting things that were really sensitive and I wanted to make sure that like I wasn't, you know, putting everything in the wrong place. Well, when you have kids and they interrupt you or there's always something going on, I think I've got like, I think I must've been writing it down and the kids talked to me, something happened. Turns out I didn't actually write the full key down. I like wrote like, it was like, honestly, like 17, like, characters, and I think I wrote down like 11. Mm-hmm. And when I finally wasn't able to access, I'm like, oh, right, I got this, because I have my master key. And then I went into like, <laughs> oh, no, you're missing a few digits. I'm like, what? Where'd it go? And like, I'm flipping through my notebook, and I tell everybody, because I'm like, even that was a fail for me, because then I was like, okay, forget it. I have to reset all of my passwords and like, log into every single one of them. And I literally carry notebooks and like stash them in secret places where I'm like, if I ever need my password, oh. I can come here. <laughs> at that point where you I can't, it. yeah, like I can't do it anymore. And it's like, it just thinks cause it just, it is very much like, I see the, um, I totally see the the part where like it's your brain function. And there mm-hmm. comes a time where like, as you, maybe have more responsibilities as you're kind of parenting it takes a toll and take some of that away yeah Yeah, i
0: use a a password uh i use a password manager i have i have one that has a bunch of personal stuff that has always come like for like the bank accounts and stuff you know and and then i have another password manager that one of my other bosses wanted me to use because he he uses it so he could easily share encrypted passwords to different things so yeah It has its place, but it has to, you got to be hyper organized with it, you know? And yeah, Uh, anyway, I don't know, I don't know how we got on this subject, but.
1: uh, Oh, because I think I was just like the struggle (laughs) with setting things up and the technology and it like, and like as much as like I feel like I have my feet in technology because I'm working all the time within, it's definitely not so. the kids definitely evolve at a much faster pace and they have an ability, their brain Mm -hmm. just sucks it in and really does absorb the things. Cause like, sometimes I'm like, why is this taking me so long? Or why Mm -hmm. is this technology like this shouldn't be so hard to like create your prime account and like do all these little things that like you kind of need for them to have. But I now have Melanie who's going to be 13 on Saturday. Wow. So luckily, I'm at a place now where I'm like, help me with this, please. Like, I can't <laughs> do this. Um, and it's just so interesting because it really, it reminds me of my mom and the struggles that I had when she always put things on me.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it makes me empathize with her because I'm like, damn, like, this is really hard for me. And I'm struggling. And I know the language. And I know I like can read through it. And yet, sometimes I'm like, here, Mel, you can help me because you're just, you have more patience right now. But the other thing that I've noticed with them too, is that they, like the kids have gotten used to a problem solving, a problem solving that is just not realistic. So like they, they're used to, they're used to having things sort of like at the availability right there, then they are like immediate. Like, and today yeah. we were talking about, it. And I'm like, you got to slow down because you got to read the instructions mm-hmm. and can't get frustrated through this process. Cause once you like put in the wrong password, you know, it sends you through this whole like system thing. And, and Sammy specifically with like gaming, I'm like, you're not even reading the instructions and now you're getting frustrated. And now we're like redoing the passwords over and over when maybe we don't have to. So it just made me recognize, like, I'm like, guys, you guys don't have patience. You know, I sit Mm -hmm. on hold for (laughs) hours to solve a problem when sometimes you don't like, that's what it is. And like, I think that I sort of like also struggle with that now where I'm like, oh, I was on hold for an hour and I'm thinking like it used to not be so bothersome cause that was just the, what you went through to like, to fix things. And now it's just, I need a fix right now immediately. Like, and if it's taking more than my time, like I have too many things to do. That's, that's kind of like the feeling that I feel. And I'm starting to have more conversations with parents and just mothers in particular like working moms about that dynamic of how do you ever feel like you're doing a great job at either? Like, are you doing a great job working or at your job and performing wise, or, or do you feel like you're doing a great job parenting? And I'm like, I think it's a struggle. I think it's really hard to do it both. And I definitely see the benefits of, you know, older generations that had the ability to really just, when it was like, oh, you know, um, a two parent household and you had like one that was the main provider and focused on like the working, um, Mm -hmm. and the other one that focused a lot on like the child rearing and the parenting, because doing both is very challenging and really hard. Um,
0: It's interesting you say that. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. And it is. And I don't think it's an accident. I think when, when you're younger, you are able to, you are able to absorb things a lot faster and adapt a lot faster. I also think that in general, right uh, with the way technology has taken over our lives, every every platform, every tool, everything that you use, all of them are in competition with each other to be the easiest tool to use, the easiest to find support, the easiest to reset the password, the easiest to onboard, the easiest to use and, and get a hang of. So it's no surprise that we would be conditioned to expect things to happen really quickly, and then when they don't, we just get super frustrated, right?
1: Yeah, um, or this false sense of that, I mean, there is going to be a system, I mean, that's kind of, like, what i I think I'm working on right now, is readjusting my expectations, like, is there really mm-hmm. going to be a system that's going to do it all? I don't think so, because, like, exactly. we keep on, like, we yeah. keep on, like, trying that, and, like, in just, like, in the work environment, I'm like, there's limitations to the systems, and, like, There's just like not a system that could do it all, all of the functions. And depending on like what sort of takes priority within an organization, right? It's going to be sort of molded to kind Mm -hmm. of accommodate that. And then the rest of the other kind of programs or specialties might have to like adjust and have. So I have that at work right now. We have like such a broken workflow system and technology system because it's not really, it doesn't really target our. Our program in the sense that we don't really bill regularly as as a way of funding our our program and so Mm -hmm. the programs that do do the billing and do need to have to like have that more immediate in order to um keep up the revenue kind of take priority and so our system is just like so cumbersome and we have like so many layers and I keep on like going back and I'm like is this gonna ever gonna I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's ever going to be uh, something that we're going to be able to,
0: like, operate, so. Can I gotta tell you something? Isn't it just a fucking miracle that any of it works in the first place? Like, we're on a Zoom call from two hemispheres, two, two different hemispheres on the planet, right? And mm-hmm. it's a miracle that you can wake up at any hour of the night and just go to your Facebook page and just, just see what's up, you know? It's just a miracle that these things work as much as they do. And we lose sight of that because, you know, at some point, having Wi-Fi became as, it became as ubiquitous, or at least in our expectation of it, it became as important as having oxygen to breathe. It's like, you know, you go to a cafe, you don't have Wi-Fi, and you, you feel offended by it, right? But it's a miracle. It works when it does. And it's a miracle when it's there. It's, uh, yeah. And that's maybe one of those things that I've been able to appreciate living in Bolivia is just, uh, you know appreciating it when it works, because when it's
2: gone.
1: Yeah, I think there's a benefit to that. Cause you know, for the (laughs) most part, I think that's one of the areas that we do take for granted over here is that that in general technology is pretty advanced and it has been working for quite some time. So Mm -hmm. we're finally at that place where like, we notice that when it doesn't function, we notice that.
0: Well, you know, like if, if right now your water stopped working you would call the water company and they would tell you you know there was an accident and they have to turn it off it's going to take eight hours to come back on what are you going to do like you you're now in a position Like what are you going to do without water for eight hours know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's that same thing where when the wi-fi goes out and you're like you know one one night we had that issue one night we had that issue where uh the wi-fi went out and it went out for most of the, uh, like most of the building, cause we, cause here, you know, this is a big building I live in. So you have to, you could only, we could only go with this one provider cause it was the only one that had, I guess like the posts set up in this building
2: Ooh.
0: as opposed to the other providers. Yeah. I went to the other provider and we needed to like have at least 10 tenants in the building to be able to justify oh. them coming, installing cables and stuff. So the Wi-Fi crashes, I'm running out of data and so I'm calling and I'm on the chat and whatnot and, and I get and I get confirmation it crashed. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I I literally like I said, I think I'm just gonna before I run out of date, I'm just gonna get an Airbnb. Cause me and Benny were, were by ourselves. Like I'm just gonna go to a hotel. Like let's just make a night of it. I'm gonna go to a hotel and I'm just gonna enjoy the Wi-Fi and spend whatever it costs, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, ended up, I ended up being more reasonable I ended up just going downstairs and buying like a little data card for 100 100 b's and I just put that on the phone and let them have it but yeah you get to that you get desperate you're like I'm just gonna have to pay whatever it is I gotta pay to compensate for whatever I'm losing
1: it is really hard I mean I've done a lot of work to like step away from media and step away from things because it is Cause I have personally noticed that it is very distracting to me and it takes away a lot of the focus when I'm trying to be productive. And so now I'm living more mindful, but like, it's definitely, I feel like on the flip end with my kids. So we're in summer school right now and they have camp luckily, like we are able to afford it and we have like really reasonable prices that they started um, yesterday and they'll go all the way till the end of, um, I think august. they'll go to the 19th of august right mm-hmm. and then that leave them with like a week and a half that before they start school and they had a week like a week and a half in the beginning mm-hmm. but that week and a half with no structure without like some some separation from technology is so bad for mm-hmm. for my kids and stuff like i notice it on them like i notice how they could spend all day on on their device and mm-hmm. they might not eat and they might not do anything. So I'm like that parent who, thank goodness that they go to camp. And part of it is only just satisfying like my own sort of guilt related to like, I have to work so I can't be with them. And I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to feel guilty that all they do during the summer is just be on their tablet. And I started to question that because I'm like, how do other parents feel? Like, do other parents not feel so bad about their kids being attached to tablets? Is that just me personally? And that's what I struggle with because like, I was miserable that week that they didn't have it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and only because I couldn't like, I couldn't offer a lot of substitutes. I could take them out, but then I was worn out myself because that means like I have to be as physical with them. Um, And we were like over the weekend, but then by Monday, Tuesday, I'm like, I'm too tired. I don't want to do anything anymore. Like I'm working and like, like all they did was really be on their tablets. And I'm like, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. I bought Sammy these worksheets at Mm -hmm. Target. I think they were like a dollar. It's like a workbook and one of them is like handwriting or something. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I told him, I'm like, you're getting a new tablet, but you have to do one of these a day. And I feel like that's the only thing that I'm like, why am I doing this? And I'm like, and I think that, again, it's contributing to like, well, I just want to make sure that they get something academic so it doesn't like fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is that me sitting down and like doing homework with them every night is just not, it's not feasible.
0: All right, we're going to pause right there uh, to check out our band to dig out today. It's the band called Cure for Static. So Cure for Static is one of my old groups. Uh, I believe 2007, 2008, I was a bass player. I was the original bass player. And ironically enough, it was not Cure for Static at that point. It had a different band name. But if you go to Spotify, you'll find them under that name and you'll see three EPs listed. This is probably, uh, I'm proud of all my bands. But of all the groups I've been a part of, this group really, it felt like the our, our writing process was so organic for the two EPs that I was a part of. Uh, I wasn't the principal writer, but I felt like I had uh, really influenced the direction of the music, and uh, and I'm really proud of what I did on, on this song that we're about to hear. The song is called 71 and Clear, and it's a... Uh, it's a really rambunctious song. I, I listen back to a lot of the music that I've been a part of. And, you know, now in my older older age, uh, I, I know a little bit more about music theory. I know a little bit more about music. And I've, I've got a deeper appreciation for the math behind music. And I listen to the stuff that I, I was a part of uh, earlier in my musicianship. And uh, on one hand... There are things you listen to where you go, I wish that were better. I wish that were cleaner. I wish that were louder, what have you. But on the other hand, I'm also really impressed by myself and by my fellow musicians, my peers, for the work that we did and and the choices that we made that were, you know, that at that time felt so organic. But now that I listen to them, they stand out as really uh, kind of... Refined choices, things that we were very specific about. That um, I'm glad I can appreciate now, and and I hope the guys feel the same, and I hope you feel the same. So let's check it out. This is 71 and Clear by Cure for Static. culture has failed across all the generations is that you have um you have characters you have stories things like spider-man right that people love to play and kids love they love the movies love the t-shirts they love the, the action figures but it gets so lost that the character peter parker is a boy genius who studies a lot and you never see that part or at least it's hinted in the comics but And so, I mean, Peter Parker is just one, but like the Hulk, the guy is a scientist, right? And so kids, they absorb these stories, but they don't actually get the value. They don't get like their their vegetables with the stories. You know, they get the action movies, they get the Marvel, they get the fun stuff, but they forget about it's cool to learn, it's cool to read, it's cool to, you know, uh, or, or at least certain kids so so parents do have to be in that position where you have to bargain and say you got to do at least one of these a day or you got to read a book this summer you know when we were kids they would give you a list of books to read in the summer and say you have to pick at least three or something like that like you have to pick a minimum and then you have to write an essay about it so that on in september you, you go and you show your report <laughs> you know so those things are necessary because we're not going to get them otherwise we're not going to and it's part of the reason why i you know i was I got Devin a book for Christmas last year because I was like, he just needs to have a book around, maybe because he's not going to go to. I've library. been
1: gifting a lot of books, so I have to tell you that yeah. I I enjoy reading. I don't do it as much for leisure anymore because I just don't. I yeah. f- find myself struggling to find the time to sit down and actually do it. But I do think it has its benefits for kids because it definitely allows them to explore. It's a good kind of um coping mechanism too, emotionally. You know, just like music that you can kind of channel into. But I do think that this generation with the kids, it's harder because they're not used to. And I think it does feel different when you're reading like a book itself versus like reading something on the screen. Mm -hmm. So I even struggle with that piece where I'm like, when I'm good, when we have enough time, we try to go to the library. Last year, I did this a few times and it was actually really beneficial to get to the library like right after school and do our homework there. Um, and sometimes I was able to tackle my own emails and stuff for work, but it, it did kind of like take away some of that, like initial kind of um, motivation to get home and just, all right, let me plug into like a device. Cause I'm home. It was kind of mm-hmm. shift. Okay. We're at the library. So let's look at books or let's look at other things. And it's funny. Cause we actually did get a book that we were supposed to read together as a family. And we read like the first few pages. And then I got, distracted because like it really does fall back on like you as a parent to kind of drive that initiative because it's not like they yeah. show up and they're like yeah let's read every night mom like you know <laughs> and so then like I was good about it for like a week and then after that I was like yeah, I'm tired too like I don't want to read tonight and they kind of like we lost that routine but um I'm trying to I figured like one way to shift and maybe improve that is getting myself back on a routine. In doing that and like reading, and then kind of like having the kids adapt to that more. Um, once I like figure, okay, this is my time to read, and I actually, um, I've always had a Kindle, I just never like used it well enough. And like yesterday, I actually, um, I was playing with it because I was like trying to set up everything technology, and I downloaded a few books, or I'm like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do through the summer. Um, and I'm hoping to with Melanie, like, she has to do reading and like push her a little bit in that sense.
0: Isn't it ironic? Because technology, I mean, it's amazing. How many books can you fit into a Kindle, right? But you're right. There is something you lose when you're reading and you're folding down the, the pages, right? And then you get to a point where you look, you, you close the book and you look at how much you've read. And there's a mm-hmm. sense of accomplishment that comes with that. And the right. bigger the book, the bigger the, accompli- the sense of accomplishment. And you lose that with technology; You don't get yeah, you that with my- a Kindle.
1: Or writing notes or like, you know, I just think like.
0: I mean, it was useful uh, to me. I, you know, I I had to study for a certification and and the certification study book, the guide is like 700 pages. And so you can't walk around with 700 pages and and go to the park or anything. So I did download it and I had it on the tablet and it was, it was a lifesaver. It's amazing what you can do with those things.
1: Yeah, I think there's pros and cons, right? It's finding like what works best and how to, because like I said, like, I like the idea of having, Same as you, like, saying, like, okay, we have one Kindle, we can download a bunch of books, and then we only have to carry that one thing instead of, like, lugging around the books and then having them, like, this is what happens usually as the books end up on random places. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, they're in the car or they're in, like, the kitchen because that's where they last had them. And and then I find myself just repeating like, pick up your book, pick up your book. Or then they're like, it's my book is lost. I can't find it. (laughs) So (laughs) I've been like, okay, (laughs) let's figure out. um, And it's hard. These are the things that I think make it harder too for kids. Um, Sam struggles with organization skills. And I think so much about the fact that so much of it, now is on his computer and that computer does a lot of things for him like has a lot of shortcuts Mm -hmm. that I don't think that we realize how much that influences his ability to to um develop those skills sometimes Mm -hmm. if he doesn't know how to spell a word like you know how like the word will automatically like populate if you spell enough of it yeah and so those are shortcuts that like I'm like no you can't do that because like you have to learn how to like you should learn how to spell it, or at least sound it out. I'm like, you got to try at least one. Like, and so he's one that is like known for shortcuts. He will find shortcuts, that don't like to to do anything, but it it backfires because it's he struggles when when he encounters a problem academically that he doesn't have a shortcut to.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you're, you're damned if you do, damned if you're if you don't. Like recently, I was looking at so I I I was looking at um putting a bid for like a project. For a project manager role and one of the qualifications was being able to type 50 words a minute and I was like I'm pretty sure I can do that like I you know I type pretty regularly and I went and I, I went to a free testing tool and I got 47 words a minute which I'm pretty proud of but it's like it's one of those skills that you don't think you're going to need if technology is doing the heavy lifting for you but he's going to need it eventually right when he gets out same thing as like your own signature or being able to remember a phone a long digit like your phone number but your memory isn't as good because you're just used to <laughs> technology doing the heavy lifting for you it's just something that yeah. all of
1: our
2: kids are going to have to deal with
0: come to I terms think that with that's whatever. where
1: you know that's where he struggles a- although like i have to say like there are pros and cons and i think like he just yeah. has strengths in other areas but it's kind of rounding those rounding them off and kind of like you know Melanie's definitely more able to remain focused and on target and kind of like is more um attention to detail and and Sammy's more about like let's just complete the task and move forward so it's it's an interesting dynamic where I'm like trying to like okay how do I support them both different like in different ways because they're different people and they have different um needs but at the same time provide them with enough that they're able to be successful and navigate problems as they encounter them and kind of not feel um yeah you know, not it's feel like
0: I, I do feel like the public school system fails us a little bit in that regard because you know one of the things i liked here when we would when we would uh you know just it's uh kindergarten right they gave us a little report that would tell us what he's learning, what he's doing well, where, where he needs help, where what he needs to get better with and whatnot. And I don't remember really that stuff when I was a kid, right? And so, you know, unless you're getting a specialist help from a specialist or, or something, I imagine a lot of parents aren't getting that kind of support where you say, you have two kids. This kid is more prone to excel in these areas versus your other kid that's more prone to excel in these areas. So let's try to tailor something to them. You know, like I imagine Sammy would love to read a book if it's the right book, if it's about the right thing that he's into that moment. You know, like when I was a kid, I remember, you know, if, if uh, Independence Day, the big movie came out and I, and I could find the novelization of it, I would tear it apart. I did that with Mars Attacks. Yeah. Mars Attacks came out and then there was like a 500 page novelization of it. And I, and I found it and I, and, and I, I read it from the library so it's just like it's that right it's that kind of right thing for them to be able to sneak in the vegetables to be able to get them to actually you know uh, learn something or practice something that is is maybe not as uh easy to get otherwise right
1: so it's interesting because i do think that that's a struggle and i also think that it's a a lot oftentimes related to like the perception of the teacher and their ability to sort of foster and promote certain things within kids. So when the pandemic started, we shifted to, we mm-hmm. went from public to private school because the public school was 100% remote and I was still working and it was just really hard to con- continue working, having meetings, even though I was at home and through Zoom and yeah. also help Sammy with the class at work. And so we had an opportunity to shift to like a private school where we were paying. Or, and or in both Yeah. Both of them went until, um, Melanie's in, she just finished the sixth grade. So she actually, I had applied for charter schools and she got into a really great charter school and she had a choice. I, I let her decide like, whether she wanted to continue the private or the charter and she wanted the charter school. She didn't really mm-hmm. like the private. Um, she did really great though. And Sammy doesn't have that same option because he has to wait to sixth grade to be able to go to the charter school and academically he was doing great because they're very rigid they they're very structured so they sit them down they have to learn but socially he was struggling so much because he's a more social uh learner and he's more about engaging in conversation and dialogue and I want to share my opinion and not so much about that like Mm -hmm kind of like let me dictate the facts and let me tell you and you just take notes and kind of carry on so it was a really big struggle and again like I feel like that was another example where I'm like okay this is a different system it's Mm -hmm. it's smaller classroom it's privately funded so like all the parents are paying and yet Mm -hmm. we still can find ourselves with with the fact that I'm like okay why you know why not motivate him in other ways? Because he didn't like school, and that was the biggest thing. It's like, why don't you like school when like you're getting all good grades?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, because it's boring. Because it's because it, and it was like I think he struggled all day to keep it together so he wouldn't get in trouble.
2: Mm-hmm. But by
1: the time he came home, he was just I don't want to do anything. And I struggled with that, with that with him because I'm like I want to foster like a positive relationship with school. Because sure. he has so many more years left, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't want this thing where like every morning, I don't want to go to school. I hate school. I just, you know,
0: it's something where, you know, you, you want to foster their affinity to learn new stuff, just to be able to learn something new takes a certain amount of energy. And it's a shame when, when kids, like, what was, what was the year for you when you kind of like, do you remember when you're a kid? That your brain turned on, like you were really engaged with school. Do you remember? For me, it was fifth grade, and then sixth grade was really when I when I feel like my brain really revved into into gear. But do you remember a specific maybe grade or class or where your brain just turned on and you were really engaged with school? I,
1: I mean, I think that I've always been. I remember a class because I think it was um, very definitive for me. And for me, it was like ninth grade, but like I had a, um, I forget, I don't think it was like a social studies. It was something into that. But my teacher was very, I remember her, she was very cultured, like Mm -hmm. she had been exposed to a lot of cultures and she brought back a lot and she had actually like studied in like Tanzania or something and like, like Mm -hmm. had like, you know actual experience experience. yeah Yeah. and that (laughs) was like it totally was I love this I love learning about people I love and I think it's like the first the first time I got exposed into like social behavior and understanding like people because we you know really looked at like anthropology and then I was like oh I totally like that and that's kind of what guided me into like oh I want to do psychology it's sort of like stemmed from there but like I found her class to be very interesting it was like something I looked forward to
0: interesting so it was an academic thing for you it was uh you 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 were just engaged with the content with the uh with learning from somebody who was you know from another planet right this person who traveled the world
1: it's interesting because i think she kind of like challenged me because like she was you know like I don't know. I, I don't know that I actually recognized this back then. I'm kind of like reflecting back now and making me mm-hmm. sort of, hmm. but I wonder if that I always sort of recognize my difference, right? Like I, my own cultural difference within like the rest of the cohort, the rest of the students. And then she was like shifting and focusing on like something completely different because she was looking at like Africa and the lifestyle. And so for me, it was kind of, whoa, like, what what's this all about like what's what do you right. mean like other people do all of this other things and so it really um fueled like my curiosity and kind of like oh okay this is what I want to but yeah I think from that on um it's funny because in high school so we had a like a resource officer a police officer in our school mm-hmm. um and I'm not really sure like how long that had been established or whatever but like for some reason I was in a group of friends that were really close to the resource officer and i was uh
0: this is in waltham right waltham high yeah
1: this is a waltham high and so like i remember the um resource officer because she was actually pretty sure she was white blonde hair but she was married to a latino because her last name was Mm gonzalez and so everybody Mm -hmm. she like gravitated to like the um more diverse students Mm -hmm. and then they had this um model that they were like building and it was called um, peer mediation and I remember she pulled me aside and she's like hey I've been like observing you and I think you would be great for this and I'm like, what is it? And, he, and it was, well, we pull you out from class occasionally and you help mediate problems among peers. So it was like mm-hmm. having, instead of having like the resource officer coming in and like, you know, trying to solve a situation between uh, if a fight broke out or something, sure. um, it was a model based on like, well, well, use somebody who's a peer, but maybe who are a peer that is more neutral in like the their position. Right. And I think it was probably my personality that it wasn't like the most outspoken, like in your face, but I also wasn't completely like not noticeable. Like I had like a place in in that environment. And I always think back now and I'm like, it started there. Like I, somebody saw a skill mm-hmm. that I didn't even recognize. Maybe she recognized my social skills, like being able to get along with different social groups or whatever. And she was like, let's tap into that. And that sort of like helped me eventually get to a place where I'm like I actually like solving problems and having dialogue and so that's part of my work and what I do mm-hmm. um it, for me that that's really important is I try to bring strength base and I try to say it to everybody even at work I'm like let's look at the strengths okay because we no one is perfect and everybody has flaws and limitations and like I struggle with these things you know um I'm like, but let's try to like really hone in on people's strengths and kids' strengths. Let's Mm -hmm. look at what they have to offer. And instead of just seeing that, like really reinforce that, because I think that that's how we get them to a place that they're then able to have enough confidence to focus on the areas that they struggle with and that they don't feel so secure about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, you know, tapping into their natural ability allows you to build their confidence so that they're open to other stuff But they're just you know if you if you go to a place where you're confident you're going to want to be there more so if you're confident at school because uh, you're good at math you're going to want to be at school more Right, and if, you, and if you're Absolutely. not, and if you're lacking, you and know, I and think so. that
1: that still gets missed, and it's yeah. sad, because, like, we've come so long, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, my most memorable teachers, those, me- those teachers that meant the most to me, or had most impact, were probably not the ones that were academically giving me the most, but more so the ones that kind of got, took that time to get to know you, really tried to relate with you, sort of built that relationship, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was really, frustrated that a private school that had low, less kids in their classroom
2: yeah. didn't
1: seem to be able to see that and was still very much very old school about like this is what we say this is how we do things and he finished up the year but like literally it was like okay thank goodness we're done with this school year um <laughs> and like we're shifting back to public which you know I have my own worries about what that's gonna be and and t- Sammy and I like we have really open conversations about That's good. that he's in a place now where he's going to be having to make better choices for himself and that yeah. I'm not going to be there or Melanie's not going to be there to defend him, but that ultimately two wrongs don't make a right. So even if somebody does something that shouldn't have happened by engaging in the same type of behavior, it doesn't make it better. And it doesn't, it definitely doesn't put you in a place where we can be like, oh, well, you're not you're not, you're not, um, you shouldn't be held accountable. Cause that's where, you know, I think right now he's definitely at that age where peer influences and like making good choices and controlling his own impulses. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, sometimes somebody might say something, but do you really have to say that back to them? And I have to say, I think with boys it's harder cause they often do get labeled more easily as troublemakers or, you know, yeah. as being like, um, especially depending on the school setting, and so I'm really mindful in like him being aware and empowering him in a way that he's recognizes. Hey, when you tr- do this, or when you use your words, or when you try to like communicate, people do recognize that and are more willing to kind of help out. So he started camp and I'm always like worried about getting the phone call and being told like he's done something that's inappropriate. You know, you just,
2: mm-hmm. you just,
1: sure. I mean, it. You know, can't control everything. So I'm like, yeah, like he gets exposed to things that I wouldn't want him to be, but like that's just life. And so I'm always worried in this. And today he he was like, Well, uh, Melanie made a comment. She was like, Why is that why is that um that that person always with you and it's a camp. um I forget what they call it, C T I or C I T or something, camp in counselor in training or something. Camp, he's like oh camp
0: counselor and okay yeah camp counselor. i think i, think it's I was one of those i went to camp there was something like camp counselor and cc yeah yeah it's like
1: cit and so like yeah. she seems really nice she's newer but she like you know seems to be like and i guess melanie's like she's always with sammy and like always checking in on him and seeing how he's doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he's like it was a funny thing. Cause I know he likes this. This is why I know like kids really benefit from feeling special and feeling like they, you care. Cause Mm -hmm. he's like, well, I think I'm his, I'm her favorite. And it's only been the second day of camp. So I'm like, (laughs) realistically, like, I'm not really sure about that, but I'm not going to burst his bubble because that's his perception. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm like, and what do you, why do you think that? I guess that's nice that she is really caring for you. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh, because like the rest of the kids are troublemakers. And sometimes they say things that they're not. And I'm just trying to help her out and do things. And it's those things where I'm like, okay, that's good, Sam. Because those are the factors that might contribute to getting, eliciting more of that positive kind of attention than getting like the negative attention for everything that you do that's wrong. Mm. Which he's a kid. He definitely does things that he's not supposed to. but that's what matters with him in terms of getting him he's done. He he has been more successful when he has felt like the teacher cares about him mm-hmm. than And, and, and it's been a struggle. Like he has struggled with not liking school since kindergarten. And I tell people, I'm like, I have never thought that I would have a kid that had this really big like school refusal, but for him, it's been huge. And every year it's kind of like, Oh, please let's get a teacher that cares because that really makes it makes it yeah. or breaks it in terms of like everything just even the way they it's funny because like the teacher that he has what what
0: grade is he in What?
1: he's going into fourth grade okay um and i don't think that the teacher this year like um didn't like him Mm -hmm. i think she didn't like me personally
2: (laughs) and that definitely
1: influenced (laughs) it and i recognize that but i also think she didn't have she was very rooted in like the school kind of the academic side of things and Um, not necessarily in like learning how he's doing or getting to know their um, her students but yeah like it's it totally makes makes it or breaks it for us in terms of like education and it's I'm now like shifting to public and I always say like you know um, we're crossing our fingers that we're going to get a teacher that he's able to build a relationship with and feel good about it because I've seen him be able to wake up every day. I'm like, I want to go to school. A lot of it is play too. Some kids, like he's in that age where, like, the school that he was at, they're reducing recess, and I'm like, kids still need play time. Like as much as we need to push the academics, like they still also need to socialize with one another and be able to like have downtime that's like somewhat structured and. Um, so that was like a huge thing. But the school, we're really happy because the school's gonna be like literally like two blocks from where we live. So it's mm-hmm. walking distance, although he probably won't walk because of the school time. <laughs> and then, like, I'm like, oh, I have to drop one off. I have to like kind of drop both of them off at the same time and like in different directions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm like, you're probably gonna go to app before school. So I'll just drop you off. <laughs> before school care Mm -hmm. um but just alone knowing like hey we might be able to have like meetups at the school and have him like the social piece unfold a little bit more for him like having friends
2: yeah
1: might um improve that and hopefully he'll like have a more have a more positive year and then we only really have to do that for two years fourth fifth and then sixth grade, he gets to go to the same school that Melanie got into because it's a mm-hmm. charter and it's by lottery. But once a sibling is in there, the other one by default kind of gets prioritized. And mm-hmm. that school is I've been really happy. It's um it's arts focused. So they mm-hmm. sixth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade are like rotation. They just do like a trial of like different either culinary, visual arts, or theater arts. Oh. And and then in high school, because they have the high school, they pick a track and they just stick with it for the four years. So it's um,
0: uh, arts focused, but it's also vocational?
1: I, in terms of, yeah, in, I guess you could say so. I mean, basically the curriculum follows the same as like any public school does with the, but the electives, the options are all focused in the arts. And then there's also um like throughout the day, you know, how like they're, um, once they're in high school, they'll have like an, whatever art track they choose, they'll have that every single day as well. So it, it really, it really tries to promote the, the arts. But so we've had like a really great experience. That's
0: great. So That's far. Great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I went to a vocational high school and yeah. I, I took carpentry, residential carpentry. Devin took plumbing. You went to the same high school I do think they're better than regular public public school or public high schools and so sorry that's something that I definitely but I I've never I've never looked at like an art school and but I think art's a big part of being young it's finding that hook whatever whatever that is that that kind of sparks your interest and uh, and want, hopefully he gets into something right yeah well
1: that's exactly why I wanted I'm like I do not want him to just have academics and I didn't explore the vocational schools because they're typically focused like in like high school years, right? And yeah, so, yeah.
0: And it's trade based. So I
1: didn't even like explore that, but we got, but we found this one that was like middle school. And I've been really impressed in like the way that they, the culture that they're trying to build for students. Um, but it's it's really about embracing like the creative and artistic side that anybody has so like I yeah. I asked I was like okay so what if kids don't have that right because Sammy's not like a visual arts person like he always says my drawing's the worst like he struggles with that so yeah. I don't see him like wanting to go into that but the nice thing is that six seven and eighth, they get to kind of explore those tracks and see if they unfold and find something that they're good at yeah and the other thing is that um they were telling me like so if they pick like theater arts they can do like it's everything that that encompasses so it could be Mm -hmm. like the backstage and the lighting or like the building and so then i was like oh okay maybe there's there's room for him he's good he has a funny personality i think he'll actually like acting
0: (laughs) i think yeah yeah i think he he, given the chance he'll surprise i think uh yeah yeah all right, so that's what uh, we're going to cut it there because uh, Grace and I ended up staying on the line for about 90 minutes. So what I'll do is uh, I'm basically taking our 90-minute conversation and I'm turning it into two episodes for, for this year podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Before we go, we are going to close out with the band to Dig out, which is Cure for Static." And this song from the same EP called "Higher Ground," uh, released in 2008. This song is called "The Line." And again, I decided to choose two songs from the last record I was a part of. Uh, a little bit of narcissism there. I, I wanted to showcase some of the stuff that I've done. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit it. But also, I'm just really proud of the of the music and, and the songs that we were able to craft out for that little EP. And this one in particular felt to me like, you know, it's we made it as big a song as it could possibly be with the resources we had. But it could have been so much bigger And uh, I look back and I listen to that and I go, wow, there's there's a little glimpse of genius in this song that I really appreciate. I'll leave you with that. Enjoy it. This is the song called The Line from the Higher Ground EP released in 2008 by Cure for Static. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you hanging out. So take it easy till next time.
2: Peace. Price man